For whitetail hunters like us, the mid to late season, or the rut, can be miserable if you don't have the right clothing. You're sitting out there all day long, cold, you're not moving a whole lot. But new in 2019, First Light Solitude System is the perfect insulated soft shell clothing system for tree stand and tree saddle hunters. Whether worn on its own or combined with some other pieces from First Light, this kit offers versatility for the whitetail hunter. One of the things we like best about this system is the kit link pass-through pocket. Basically, you put the jacket on, you can zip these pockets down, and you can actually reach into the bibs fleece line chest muff pocket to warm your hands up and access all the items you've got stored in there. To learn more about First Light's new solitude system, head over to their website, firstlight.com. So we've been partnering with Steerka Optics for a while now. We can't say enough good things. The glass is awesome. The warranty is the best in the industry. Check these guys out, steerkastrong.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. If you've been following along on our podcast and social media this year, been covering a little bit about the bow, its history, and some of the basic inner workings of it. But this week, we're going to talk about purchasing your first bow or a newer bow, how much you can afford, choosing a quality archery shop, and what the process looks like once you're at that shop. So hope you enjoy. You were just out, what, in New Zealand? What'd you wear? I wear Krispies when I hunt out last. Hmm. Okay. They're just nice and light and durable. They're just really well built and super, super comfortable. Yeah. So if you go out to chase elk and an aesthetic banners, and then you go out and chase them in an aesthetic Krispies, you'll notice a huge difference. Really? Hmm. Yeah. What did I wear yeah. last? What do I have now? Just... Salewas. Yeah. The Salewas? Those are good. Yeah, I like them. Those are really good boats. Uh, that's what my buddy runs. He loves them. Uh, they're not too, the sole, it's not such a stiff sole. Yep. And some people really like the stiff sole. And so I do. You do, yeah. you really? Yeah. I run a four stiffness sole. You have to work less right. when you're climbing hills and side hilling. Mm-hmm. On flat ground, yeah, for sure want a soft sole. Like yeah. If I'm bird hunting or around here, I want a nice soft, almost tennis shoey feel. Mm-hmm. Right. But when I'm out there, like on the rocks and stuff, yeah, give me a number four stiffness. Yeah, it's because uh, it's like you know, for me, I'm I'm hunting. I'll maybe do go out west once for a week, yeah, and then the uh-huh. rest of the year I'm using it. Like I, I really want an all-purpose. So I mine are the, what are the mountain trainer something? I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of it out loud. Anyways, yeah, they're pretty good boots. I thought yeah, you were. I no. thought you were asking me what your boots. Yeah, well, were. you should know. What do you rock? <laughs> yeah. uh, I have the Solomon. You have the Sol. Oh, Solomon's. Yeah, yeah. Yours are pretty flexible too. I mean, right? yeah, they're all, they're an okay boot. They're a lower. They're like a trail runner. Kinda. Forgot the name of them. Like four mark, D okay. or something. Oh, I know. I think they're I've a little stiffer it. sole. I like them, but it's not like my favorite boot. Yeah. Uh-huh. But honestly, most of the time we're hunting out here, we're we're right. rocking the the knee boots, anyways. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of guys that are going back towards leather again. Back, you know, especially guys that are doing public land stuff that are walking in the wrong yeah. ways. Right. You really a lot of guys are going back to leather just because so that they when they're walking that's that far with that much weight on their back with the climber or stand or whatever. Yeah, and, and walking in neoprene rubber boots are not you get hot. You get hot yeah. for one, and then it's just not good for your feet yeah. to be walking no, on that no. type of stuff. Well, what I've been doing is I'll do the the hiking boot, and then I'll put some gaiters on, mm-hmm. and you can get you can mm-hmm. get real mm-hmm. wet. Like yeah, I, I got. Just as high as my knee boots this this uh, fall, and I didn't I didn't get wet at all, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I I run like some of the times, even like early season this year. I was like, man, I gotta walk like half mile back in there. I really don't want to wear uh, rubber boots. Yeah. I just wear my <laughs> I'd wear hot. my crispies back there and just be like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> my feet sweat a lot. Comfortable. Now here's here's where I've taken it to the next level. The I call it the Dan Infault level. I just got some hip boots. 
So mm-hmm. I'm gonna three throwing those in my backpack and the the you know the load shelf. I've got that pop yep. up twenty eight I got actually from you guys. Yes. Throw that in there. That should be sweet for some mm-hmm. of that swampy swamp. Yes, it should. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. So well, Dustin, thanks for coming on. Before we, you know, we wanted to take time today to go through, you know, picking a bow. And I figured yep. you were, you know, thinking about who I should talk to, seeing how Jared and I have probably bought a few bows from you over the past years. And I figured you'd be the best guy to talk to. So before we go any further, you want to introduce who you are, what you do, and, and maybe why we're talking to you today? Hey, so I'm Dustin Minma. I'm from, I own Long Range Archery and Firearms in Holland, Michigan. I've been fitting people with bows and getting people uh, set up for hunting since probably 2011 so i got a few years got a few and you know so the reason the way i know dustin is your parents and my grandparents are neighbors right correct yeah and, and so i went to my grandparents once and they're like oh they, they know that i hunt and i feel like they think that's all i do because they're always you know that's what they bring up which is great I, I, i'm okay with it that's i am fine with it yeah they're like hey you know our neighbor they you know something something with archery you should go talk to him (laughs) so i find you know i find out and i got to know you know you and your dad and your mom works there and your brother and and dylan who's been great for for setting up some of my uh, traditional your trad stuff yeah he's good man you got to give it to him he he does his homework for sure he uh, he's good on both sides of it uh the traditional stuff and the uh, compound Mm -hmm. stuff yeah 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 how long you you said 2011 is that when you guys started your shop or, or how did that go that's when Long Range moved to Holland, and that's when I got hired in down here. I started working part-time while I was finishing up my uh, second college degree. And once, you know, after I graduated, I just kind of stayed around, did some other jobs, but always ended up back in the shop, and then uh, eventually ended up buying it five years ago. Okay. Oh, five years already. I remember when that happened. That's yeah. that's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, 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 you obviously started working there a while ago. How'd you get into working on bows? Is that something you just started doing yourself, your own stuff and got hired or did you get trained or how, how'd you learn all this stuff? So I kind of grew up in, grew up in archery shops either just, I mean, even from a, I remember driving my bike to Vic's archery when I was probably should not have been I've been, to Vicks. Yep. I've been to Vicks. I've never been to Vicks. I've been to Vicks. It was over in Granville, that was, wasn't it? It was in Granville, yep. yep. That used to be like the top shop to go to like in the 90s. I would always ride my bike there and go shoot and just grew up in a shop and ended up in London Pines, you know, worked there for a long time when I was in middle school and always just kind of hung around the shops, you know, my whole life and yep. shot competitively from the from the cub division all the way up, you know, and always bow hunted a lot. And then uh, when uh, the shop got moved down to Holland, they kind of wanted some people that were actually local to Holland since a lot of the people that were working here came from the Twin Lakes location when they yep. moved the store. The guy that bought it and brought it down here wanted someone he could trust and that knew the Holland area a little right. bit better. And he called up my dad and asked if I was willing to work part-time while I was finishing up my degree. And yeah, I figured, heck, why not? I mean, at least got the good discount, right? Mm-hmm. Heck so, yeah. That's so, why we started Hot Boga. Boga <laughs> yeah, hunting now. Exactly. Sorry. Right, sorry, Jared. Thank you. You'd also then start working part-time more on the sales side of things, just helping uh you know customers get get the gear they needed and then eventually started uh watching what some of the techs were doing and then eventually just i'd stay at night and set up my target bow set up my hunting bows and play with them until i figured it all out yeah basically sometimes you just have to do that though just get your hands dirty get in it watch a few google youtube videos you watch some googles googles dude yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) gotta get on the googles I, yeah. I mean, there was there, there was nights I would be here till two in the morning, just you know, twisting twisting cables up and just seeing what yeah. was happening, mm-hmm. and 
you know, some of it because I wanted to know, and others because I wanted to throw the ball against the wall because I wasn't shooting until I, right. you know, mm-hmm. twisted the right way. So over time, you learn little tips and little tricks, and eventually it just becomes second nature. Well, as customers of yours, Jared and I appreciate all the time you put in to make, you know, our lives better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're, you, when did you start hunting? So, like, you know, obviously today we wanted to talk about, you know, getting your first bow or maybe yeah. someone who's looking for a new bow. Yeah. When did you buy your first new bow? I shoot. I've had bows since as far back as I can remember. My dad. I mean, there's pictures of me with a pasty in my mouth and a bow in my hand. Uh, that's <laughs> so, a good day. I mean, I've had bows for a long time. I remember my first like real bow that I was super proud of was probably in like seventh or eighth grade. Yep. I had been shooting competitively, been hunting, and I just kind of looked at my dad and I was like, "If you want me to keep doing this, I want a real bow. I'm sick of you buying new ones and you get hand me downs." Right. You know, <laughs> you know how any how any middle schooler kid is is like, "Dad, you just bought a new bow. Why can't I?" Yeah. <laughs> With you know any concept of money. So, and that was when I was starting to work part time throwing clay pigeons up London Pine. So uh, I got to know the owner there, and they were doing bow stuff at the time. Ended up getting my first real bow, which was a. Uh, Hoyt Havoc. I knew, I remember the Havoc. Yeah, short, short bow. I, I was so proud of that thing. That, that was, like, my first, like, good memory of, like, I have a real bow now that I'm proud of. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. That so. is a – so my, I, my first bow was a Hoyt. I got the um, mag, MT Sport or Magnatech, I think, oh, yeah. Sport. Yep, yep. Same thing. I saved up a whole summer for that thing, and it was yeah. my biggest purchase at the time, and I just would, I would shoot it. And I just look at it for a while, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember getting that and shooting in the backyard for hours upon hours. They could never get me back in. I would imagine, you know, you get a lot of people in. You were, you were saying earlier, uh, yeah. who are looking for bows, right? When they come in, you know, how are you? How are you starting this process off? Are you just, you know, are you asking them to shoot everything, or do you have something you steer them towards, or how do you help them decide? So even before that, I kind of want to like so for people that are like want to get into archery, bow hunting stuff there's one thing I really that I see in the shop that in a way kind of bugs me if I could give a tip to anyone if you want someone new into the sport or you're looking to buy a new bow and don't know a whole lot about it don't go out and just buy a used bow and don't spend the money on it like if you want to get a girlfriend or a kid or a friend into archery don't just give them a hand-me-down like hey this is my grandpa's little boy blew the dust off of it yeah. Here you go. Because I can tell you nine out of ten times, it's not going to fit, and the person's not going to be proud of that bow, and then they're going to say, you're not investing in me, so why would I invest my time in this? Right. I, it's not I important to it. you, so it's not yeah. going to be important to me. Yeah, I see it more times where a dad brings in an old boy. He's like, I want to get my kid started, but I don't want to spend any money on it. And um, that kid just looks at this bow going, yeah, my buddy's got that new one over there. You're going to start me on this at this 30-inch draw, and I'm like 23 inches and 70 pounds when I can pull 10. Right. So The cams are two-inch wheels, you know, those. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So if there's any tip that I could give any boyfriend or dad or husband, like, yeah, it it sucks to go out and buy a new bow, like, and spend a lot of money and hoping that they're going to like it. But I can guarantee you, if you invest the time and the money into the person that's buying a new bow, and get them something that they can be proud of. Yeah, they're more likely to stay with it than if you just give them a hand. You know, before we even get into how to set them up or what we start with, that, that's one big tip I can do into getting into it. And even like for older people that want to get into it for the first time, going on Craigslist and just buying a hundred dollar bow without asking any questions. Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. same thing. There's a lot of times I end up having to tell the people that I have to put more money into the bow for it to fit them 
Right. Or the cam is bent mm-hmm. or, you know. Yep. The strings are bad, which most people don't know. It's, you know, about 130 to $150 to change a set of strings. And mm-hmm. if you bought that boat for $50, it seemed like a great idea until right. I tell you I have to put 150 into it. Or the draw weight or the draw length isn't going to fit you, you know. Those are things that you should definitely at least come in, talk to us, ask, you know, what draw length am I, what poundage am I should have been able to pull right. before you start looking for a bow. Well, and something to add to that, too. A good shop, when you go in, they are willing to help, which is why we, yes. we've kept coming back to you. And why I was excited to have you on. A lot of times you go into a shop, you feel like you're really not wanted or you're like an inconvenience right. to them. Oh, I have to. T- I have to talk to somebody now. Yeah, it's like what's been huge for you, and again, like why I wanted you to be on, um, and for anybody listening, find a find guys who are willing to listen and to understand what you want to do. I mean, uh, everybody's got a different budget, so maybe mm-hmm. it's not yeah, the, for sure. You know, fifteen hundred dollar bow, but there are yeah. there are a lot of great bows out there for for beginners too. So, Dustin, I guess kind of going off of that a little bit, kind of what James brought up with the budget. If someone comes yeah. in saying, "Well, I can't really afford a brand new bow." But maybe something that's I don't know maybe a couple years old, something they can get for four or five hundred bucks. We'll say, what what kind of what kind of advice are you going to give them? There, there's great bows in that three to four hundred dollar range these mm-hmm. days. A, a three four hundred dollar bow, brand new today from Bear, from Diamond or Mission. I would say those new bows at that price range are going to be better than you know a twelve year old you know high end bow. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Because that twelve-year-old technology has already trickled into that three and four hundred-dollar bow, yep. and now we can get you a new bow with new strings that's actually going to fit you in that three to four hundred-dollar range. Well, and that's the what's the prime and the prime? What's the their tier two? The quest. The quest. The quest like line. the quest yeah. are like last year's model. Yeah, they just take the technology that has already been paid for and they move it into a cheaper model, basically. Yeah. yeah. That is actually how I really like to start a conversation with someone when they're here looking for a bow. I don't want to price someone out of the market and scare them away. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone says, hey, I'm looking for a new bow, I don't want to jump instantly to a $1,500 bow or a $1,000 bow if their price range is that three or $400 range. But I don't want to insult someone and grab them a $300 bow if they're looking for that $1,500 right. You don't want to blow. That's a sale you don't want to yeah. blow. <laughs> so that, yeah, I, and I don't you, – you just don't want to insult anyone in there because you, you don't know. You, I don't know if this guy's just dabbling in it or if this guy's a hardcore hunter. Like in everyone's budget, it's different. And that's the where I like to start is just kind of start with that conversation. Like where would you like to end budget-wise with this? You know, where is your budget kind mm-hmm. of going to fall in line? Because that way, when we have kind of an idea of where your budget's going to be, we can start picking the, boat, the best bows in that price range and below, you know, so that yeah. we can work within your budget. Anyone that's getting set up, I mean, they should look for someone that's trying to get them the best bang for their buck and trying to stay within their budget. Yeah. So that's where, that's actually my first conversation with people is, where, where do you want to end up budget-wise with this? Yeah. Is so that we can stay within your means. Are you uh, are you ever having this conversation with somebody? Like, so, say somebody comes in, and are you ever telling them, oh, you know, go trad or go <laughs> compound? Or they're like, you know, nope. you, you, sometimes maybe somebody wants to shoot a little trad archery. I, I don't know. Do you ever have you know, that conversation? It, it, if I have that conversation I, and they say, yeah, I'm really looking for trad, I say, Dylan? Really? <laughs> have you met Dylan? Well, I've, I'm <laughs> surprised you haven't Dylan. even <laughs> – you haven't even dabbled. I've been I've been asking I, Dustin about shooting a recurve or a longbow for a long time. He, just, he won't do it. I, it's not that I won't do it. It's just I need I need more time in my life. I need more hobbies like a hole in my head. If I was still single, had no kids, and I didn't own a business, I would be shooting trad. Hmm. Yeah, you know, 
that's that's fair yeah i mean one of these days it's actually gonna happen it's just i actually had to give up target shooting competitively because i have too much going on right now yeah. like well how old is your kid very young right like pretty new into the world <laughs> 15 months and the second one is due in May. So. Uh, hey, I got one? one due in May. You yeah. guys? Yeah. Wow. First of all, congratulations. Yeah. What's your due date, Jared? Uh, um, the 17th. Dustin? 31st. Wow. Have him on the 19th and, yeah. and I'll be I'm your hoping, best friend. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really hoping that the baby goes late into June because I actually have a hunt for Axis deer in Texas May 12 oh. through 17. That's cutting it a little I, close. That's weird. I never got I, the invite. It must have got lost in the mail. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I, it I actually, a lot for some that's reason. That's actually how I found out that my wife was pregnant. I told her I booked a hunt to Texas. <laughs> well, uh, and she's like, you idiot. That's yeah, funny. she asked me why I didn't check the calendar, and I said there was nothing on it. <laughs> <laughs> it Maybe it, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, well. Oops. So that happens. Going back to the... So, you know, a guy comes in, you, you mentioned one of the common mis, you know, conceptions people have or perceptions is, hey, you know, I want, I'm buying this used bow off Craigslist. I saved a lot of money. You know, yeah. when, when they come in, are there any other things that, you know, people do that are common that are pretty wrong or like will mess them up for a while other than bringing in a used bow? Buying, uh, especially parents taking kids in, buying used bows or whatever is not knowing their eye dominance. Oh, sure. Like, they might be right-handed, but they're left-eye dominant. So now they buy this bow, and I'm like, well, your kid's left-eye dominant, so that bow's not really going to work. Archery is all about eye dominance. I mean, if I got, if you're a left-eye dominant, it's really hard, you know, to shoot vice versa. Maybe that's you know, why you're you... such a bad shot, Jared. Are you left-eye yeah. dominant? He's ch- he's t- I'm watching him <laughs> test it right I'm now. testing myself right now. I, I'll shut my eyes and hold my thumb out, and then whatever eye you open to aim down that thumb, yeah, that that's one way we kind of do the a triangle out in front of you with their both your hands, mm-hmm. and then look at something far off, and then close one eye and then close the other and ask which one, it, you know, that you're still seeing the same view. So that that's a big one. Um, I see that a lot. That will throw people off track. And like you said, just buying the used bow that either can't be adjusted to their size or that needs a lot of work put into it. Yeah. The, things like that are pretty tough. Or if you buy an older bow and you need uh, different mods and look. This was something I had uh, just the other day. I had uh, a kid come in with a PSE that was trying to get into archery, and it was like a 30-inch mod in it, and he needed a 28, and PSE doesn't have that mod anymore. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. It sucks being that bearer of bad news. Be like, dude, I, I tried, yeah. but we just can't make this work for you. And it's hard to take two inches. Yeah, you know? yeah it's, just, it's just too much. <laughs> you know, if it was close, we'd say, hey, it's close, and we'll do the best we can, but... When it's way off, it's way off, and it's just you're just never gonna get good. Yeah, it'll it'll never be right. Well, and that right. actually another question similar is like, yeah, I'm sure you have guys come in that are like, oh, I need a seven, I need an eighty pound bow, you know, big yes. big guy, and thinks they need to, you know, maybe they're overbowed. Just pulling a car. The, there's a lot of overbowed. To be honest with you, especially we're in Michigan, it's you don't need a lot. I mean, no. fifty pounds in the right arrow setup is a lot better than 70 pounds and you can't aim with it you know mm-hmm. exactly T- today's bows are so efficient you just you don't need that 80 pounds or 70 pounds if you can do it and you're super comfortable great all, all the power to you i can tell you right now i shoot all the time and my shoulders just don't like 70 pounds anymore can i shoot it oh sure i can shoot 70 pounds i can shoot 80 pounds if i wanted to but i'm super comfortable at 60 five, 67 pounds that's where i'm comfortable i can shoot 
more arrows consistently right. at 65 than I can at 70. And so and with the right arrow set up, there's no reason to have to shoot 70. I'm not really gaining that much. Well, and, you know, if you're cold, like especially you're yep. hunting in Michigan or deer hunting anywhere, you're sitting there forever, you're cold, you got puffy clothes on. You don't want to be the guy. I feel like there's a video, I forgot who it was, fairly famous hunter has a bow and he cannot rip that thing back. Yeah. It's it being overbowed, even, you know, maybe you can shoot 70, you know, two or three arrows consistently with it. But I guarantee you, if you shoot 65 or even 60 pounds and you can shoot that more accurately than 70, that's a better indicator of you're going to be more successful than shooting 70 pounds thinking I'm going to get more speed and more penetration out of that, but you struggle with it. So that's that's one, just coming to grips with reality and where you should be pounded. You don't, you don't need 70. You so, don't need 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely exactly. don't need 80. Well, no, and, and some guys shoot it, and that's fine. And you're shooting, yeah. you know, water buffalo in Australia. Maybe that's what you want. But that's just not kind of reality for 99. It's just a dick swinging contest, really. It really is. 100%. That's what it is. And you see it, to be honest with you, I see it more with, like, high schoolers <laughs> when they come in with their buddies. <laughs> yeah, yeah of I, shoot eight, I shoot 80 pounds. I'm like, cool i watch you and you struggle every time you pull it back and then you can't even hold the like putting your head into your armpit and just wrenching looking back. backwards that's you know what i when i got my first ball i, I was too hard and so yeah. every time i'd pull back i'd look behind me and i just that ended up for years that was my habit even if it was a low poundage yeah. bow i'd look backwards because i was just yanking just wrenching thing. on it just probably <laughs> killing your shoulder oh yeah and that's the thing too i mean it's not only can your shoulder pull it now but i'm yeah. like i don't want to be doing this for no. 10 years and then when i'm 50 60 40 yeah. even in 10 years if i did my math right Ooh. my shoulder's blown out just because i've been I, ripping on it that that's how i am i because i have to pull so many different bows back of different poundages different draw lengths i can tell you every fall when i'm tuning bows it definitely my shoulder has taken a beating yeah over the last couple of years. So getting more technical with it. Yeah. Person looking at a bow and I see, hey, there's there's a single cam, there's a dual cam or two cams on a bow. Yep. You know, like or a cam and a half. That was the old Hoyt. Yep. What's Hoyt. what's yes, the deal? Like explain the difference between a single and a uh, like a two cam system. So in a single cam, which is kind of dead these days, besides some more of the price point bows. Yeah. You have an idler wheel on the top and you have one cam on the bottom. So basically, the bottom cam is doing all your work. Yeah. In a single cam, um, which Matthews was famous for, so you're gonna have one cable and you're gonna have one string on the bow. So it's a two-piece set. You know, that's kind of run its course, as you know, Matthews has dropped that other name, and they know everyone kind of goes to a dual cam. It's just a more efficient cam. So on a, a two-cam bow, you're gonna have a cam on top and bottom. Yeah. Both working in unison. And the big thing was with the solo cams when they were out was you didn't have any timing issues. So you didn't have one cam rotating differently than the other. Right. So that, that was the big thing. You never have to time these bows. Well, little did people know that that string is still stretching. The cable's still stretching. It's still going out of spec. Now right. you just can't notice that it's going out of spec. Sure. Whereas a dual cam can, you, you know, you still have to work on the timing and when the timing comes out, the tune comes out. Um, but with today's string technology, it's not near of an issue as what it was even five ten years ago strings have come so far in the last five to ten years that you don't have those timing issues near as bad now and you know we don't have to di- dive too into this because one one famous bow maker made zero cams on their bows for a while mm, i do remember that <laughs> dustin Slow loved cam? that bow <laughs> it was yeah 
Uh, it tuned well, shot targets well. It really Man, did shoot targets well. Your trad bow was probably faster than that. <laughs> That's true. I actually went and bought a no cam. From yeah, you guys, from way yeah. back, yeah. not way yeah. back, but a few years back, and that's kind of how I met all you guys. Yeah, she, that bow's that long. Black bow. That black uh, HTR is long gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it tuned well. It was super smooth to shoot. People still love that cam because yeah, of that. It's a great bow. It just, Nothing against it. It just was. Yeah, it's just very underwhelming in performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was no cam, you know. <laughs> yes, there was nothing working it. So another important consideration for a bow is is brace height and ATA length, yep. axle to axle length. You wanted to talk about the differences there, axle to axle length being yeah. obviously the end to end of the bow, a brace height yep, being from, string to riser. You know, uh, if you listen to all the uh, advertisement, everyone will tell you a short bow, light bow is a the best bow to buy. <laughs> and then you look at every target archer and wonder why they shoot really long bows. Right. For me, I'm, I'm a big axle to longer axle to axle guy. I get why people like short bows. Sure. I'm, just not a fan of them personally and i've watched people that are pretty good shots get short bows and they get more frustrated than when they have their longer bows right so typically a longer axle is going to be more forgiving it's going to be easier to settle down on target especially at long range shooting and the string angle especially for taller people is a lot nicer yeah so now explain that. To, what, is, what does that mean? That sh- the string angle. So <laughs> when you pull back, you'll notice like the angle of that string going from cam to cam, from above your face to below your face down to the other cam. Yeah. So the shorter the bow, the steeper that angle gets, and the further that peak gets away from your face, especially at long draw length. So when you have that longer axle to axle, it's a more relaxed angle. Puts that a lot closer to your face, easier easier to shoot. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you can't shoot a short axle axle bow good. There's plenty of guys that do. It's, it just takes a little bit better form, more work on it. But I, I've never seen a disadvantage of a long axle to axle bow unless you're sitting in a pop-up tent. Yeah, trying to fit it so, in there. Same for when it comes to brace sights. It used to be, man, if you had this under a seven-inch brace height, wow, that was a pretty radical bow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, eight, nine inches was pretty standard for yeah. a brace height. In today's bow world, six is pretty normal. Seven is, you know, pretty large brace height. Being down to that five-inch brace height, you're going to be picking up some speed, but your form better be perfect. Yeah, like, money so, for that. Yeah, I have five-inch brace height bows. Those are just wrist eaters, and I just not a huge fan of them. They're ripping and an arrow. Well, and that's a good question, speed. Like, how important is speed? You know, that that's a I, 350 versus a, what, 330 as, as yeah. advertised? Yeah, so to me, speed's really not that important. That's probably my least important factor mm-hmm. like i don't want a slow i don't want a slow cam like you had <laughs> but I, I don't that'll never leave fact. by the way <laughs> it's just stuck with me <laughs> yeah but it is not like even near like the top of my importance when looking at bows what's number you know, one for you personally for me is i i want something in that 34 35 inch axle to axle range is usually what i'm looking at first and then i i really like draw cycles on the back wall especially mm-hmm. like i don't like any creep in my bow i want to be able to be relaxed at the back end without it wanting to take off on me yeah and, and from there i go into uh, like the handle because grip is super important again especially when you're shooting spots or shooting on a distance yeah your hand grip and your torque on that bow can make a world of difference basically i, I i'm looking for a long x-lex bow when i start yep. and then i want it to be pretty smooth with a, with a pretty gracious back wall on it and then i'm looking at that grip 
I, vibration doesn't really mean a whole lot to me. Like, a lot of people talk about it, but it a lot seems of people like talk it doesn't about really it. affect much. No, it, it really honestly doesn't affect much at all. It's after the shot. It has nothing to do with being able to shoot the bow. It's uh, probably something because it it's measurable right. and it's something that you notice because it's after the shot. That's the last thing you feel. So that's what you're thinking about. Right. Um, not a huge thing to me. Throw a good stabilizer on there and it's taken care of. Yeah. You know, I'd rather, if I can shoot my bow accurately at 60, 70 yards and it's got a little bit of vibration in it versus I can't shoot a bow at 20 yards, but it's super quiet and super dead in the hand. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to me. But what if you wrap it in that rubbery, remember that, that it was a rubbery, like L limb saver tentacles. Yeah. It looks like, <laughs> yeah. it looks like or the, bar, looks the barbed, barbed wire. wire. Yeah. Oh, the barbed wire. Yeah. 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 I mean, you look I like got, a badass. I probably got some sample products of that in one of my desk drawers. I can blow the dust off of it for wrap you. Wrap that <laughs> stuff in your longbow. You know, I was just going to yes. say, you know how here's the thing about longbows that is great. I missed twice this year. I'm not I'm not too big of a man to admit it. You know, maybe you're the a lefty. I had no idea. Maybe I'm left. <laughs> maybe you're left eye dominant. That <laughs> uh, could be. You're going to yeah. go full Mickelson? I'm neither eye dominant. You know, I had a cousin, he was left-handed. His grandpa wouldn't let him Steve, he would not let him use his left hand. So he forced him to right shoot left-handed or right-handed. Finally he got older and he was like, "Oh shoot, I can't do anything. He had to switch back to yeah. left hand. Can't fix that." So you you talked a little bit about we talked a little bit about draw length. How do you measure draw length? How, with somebody coming in, they don't really know what they're doing. You know, how would, yeah. you, would you recommend having someone measure it for them, or is that something they can figure out? You can figure it out yourself too. Typically, you're going to go fingertip to fingertip, divide by two and a half. That's usually our starting point when it comes to getting people set for uh, draw lengths. However, that's only an estimate. So that's where we start. Once we have that, typically at that point, I'm just going to watch the guy shoot the bow and adjust from there. And um, with that, I'm usually looking at how the string is going from the tip of the nose to, I like the, to go from the tip of the nose to the corner of their mouth. I like that angle there. I don't want to see the back of their string bent by their back jaw right. or in front of their face. I really like to, when they get settled in, I like to see it angle, the angle from the tip of their nose down into their mouth. But Really, to get a to get a good start, you're gonna go fingertip to fingertip and divide by two and a half. Fingertip, fingertip, divided by two. I think I'm about 28, 28 and a half. Yep. Yep. And you, then 29, 29. When it comes to kids, young kids, that yeah. really doesn't work very well. So at that point, I usually have them put both hands out in front of them and measure from their collarbone to their fingertip, and usually minus an inch to an inch and a half. Yeah, that's pretty close then. So yeah. say say a kid comes in, he gets a new bow. He's like, hey, you know, Dustin, you did such a good job setting my bow up. Thank you so much. You're just, you're the archery you're sage guy. I've always been looking for. But I need help. Like, how do I learn how to shoot properly? Yeah. Where do you send them? What do you tell them? So typically, I'm not, I'm, we're not the type of place that's going to sell you a bow and say, see you later, good luck. Right. right. <laughs> so typically, we'll go in the back, get you comfortable shooting. And it just really depends on how busy we are. You know, mm -hmm. if it's if you're buying a bow on September 30, I probably have five minutes to teach you. Right. If you're buying it in January through July, I probably have an hour to help you out. Right. You know? AKA right now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you really want to get in depth, we offer lessons at one hour, uh, one on one with an instructor. So typically, Dylan or Brandon runs those, and they'll walk you through everything and answer your questions along the way, get you set up. 
get your form shooting down and get you the basics to shooting and it can get it you know the more lessons you take the more advanced it can get sure yeah. so kind of so. kind of recapping what we talked about if i was to come in wanting everything that we just talked about done on the yep. bow that i'm getting what's the average time frame we're looking at to being at the shop like we'll, I, we'll call it on an average day yeah i i usually like people to be here for an hour to two hours Okay. If we're going to do a full setup, because first of all, we got to figure out draw length. Then we got to get all the bows set for you. Then we have to shoot all the bows that yep. we have yeah. that you're looking at. And then really it depends on, Hey, can you decide on a bow? You know, some guys that they know instantly what they want and that makes things go quick. And sometimes I'm an hour later and we're still demoing the same four bows. Right. <laughs> so that, that is kind of dependent. And then it really comes down to accessories, how decisive you are when you're, picking your accessories yeah and then once we have your accessories you gotta give me 15 minutes to a half hour depending on the bow to uh get everything put on there get it squared up and get it shooting good yeah i i i like when i have you know an hour to two hours with a person i mean we can do it quicker but you need to be decisive on what you want then right and and everyone can help you out at the same time so if you're setting something up with the strings and cables I mean, you can be out there on the floor looking for what you want yeah. for accessories yeah, yeah, for, or whatnot. You know what I mean? For sure. You, usually, that's how I like to do it. Um, as long you know, as long as we have the manpower to do it, I usually lately will walk you through all your accessories out on the floor. And as we're picking out things, I'm throwing it on the desk to Dylan, and Dylan's getting it thrown on the bow and getting it set. So that way, when we get all our accessories, you're not sitting there waiting as long. Yep. So we can just get the arrows cut and get you in the lane shooting as fast as possible. How do you how does a guy tell a good shot from a bad shot and I was going to get into box stores like but I'm not even going to do that because I would I would imagine you would say they're not worth your time. <laughs> yeah. But to be honest with you, a lot of the big box shops around here have our business cards and hand them out when the oh, people are looking at both. Yeah, they send a lot of the architects uh, at quote unquote architects at these box stores, especially if it's something anywhere technical, they send them right to us. Yeah, the 15 year old behind the counter at Cabela's, he's not going to be touching any of our bows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, how do you tell a good shop from a bad shop? It can be deceiving at times. You know, there's a lot of nice looking stores that maybe just they don't know what they're doing one good indicator of a guy that's going to know if they're they can set up a bow if they shoot competitively they're probably going to be interesting they're probably going to be pretty in tune with their bow yeah target and that's honestly where i became went from hey i shoot a bow and i hunt with a bow to i'm in tune with my bow yeah target shooting will humble the best backyard shooter there is yeah so if you find a guy that's shooting target and that and doing well in target archery most likely he's going to have a pretty good idea what he's doing. Not always, but there's a good chance of that. Two, you want someone that's going to be friendly and upfront with you. Yeah. That's not just looking to make sales, but trying to make you get you the items that you need properly, not selling you stuff you don't need, and someone that's not pushing product down your throat. You know, I very much try before you buy it. Like, you want to come try a release? Come try a release. Like, For yeah. sure, yeah. Make sure you like it. You want to try four or five different stabilizers? Let's try them. And honestly, we we all kid around here. Like I I've shot a prime since 2010. Like that's what I like. So that's what I shoot. I really like the guys at that factory. Yeah. You know, some of the other guys have shot different ones, and we always you know we always give each other a hard time about the bows we shoot and what yeah. we sell. But to be honest with you, at the end of the day, I'm not shooting your bow. Right. I want you to be happy when you leave. So you want, and that's another thing you want. 
you want the guy that slides that ball to not be setting up something that he has. This is what I shoot. This is what you have to have. He's not shooting that ball when you he right. leaves the store. You you have to like what you're shooting. You have to be comfortable with what you're shooting. So, and then also you're going to want someone that is taking the time to explain things to you. And that's willing to actually tune your bow. I know after college, before I started working in the air training, so I started working on my own equipment. I bought a uh, used toy online, mm-hmm. you know, poor college kid just graduating, yep. um, needed a rest. And I went to a shop and um, bought, bought a rest. I was like, hey, can you put this on this bow? And the guy walked over there and he screwed the nut on it and handed it back to me. He goes, there you go. And I just wow. kind of looked at him like. I don't think that's right. <laughs> I, I, I said, I, I can, did you tune it or anything? And he looked at me and he goes. These new bows, they practically tune themselves. Ah, mm. you just gotta leave it in its. You gotta leave it in the case for a while, and it just yeah. tunes itself. And night. I was the only person in the shop that day. <laughs> Good night. So you know, you buy a new rest for me. The first, I'm, we throw it on. You know, I set it up, grab your arrow, shoot it through paper, yep. make some adjustments, shoot it through paper. Once I get a ball, there you go. You know, if you want to shoot it through paper while I'm standing there to make sure it's working for you too, let's do it. You know, yeah. like you want someone that's helping you out, and but to be able to just walk into a shop and say this guy knows bows or this guy doesn't, yeah, is tough. The guy might know bows, but he might not know how to work on them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we see that a lot. I, I get a lot of bows that come from other shops, and not to say we're better than anyone else or right. anything, but I I do feel like we have a pretty knowledgeable base with our uh, our techs that work here. And, yeah. Do very well at tuning bows and helping people get set up. And, well, it's like know. I, I know about bows, but yeah. I don't really know how to set them up. Right. I mean, yeah. I know what what you should do. I just don't know how to do the thing. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so and, and that, to be honest with you, that there's a lot of bow shops out there like that. Yeah. They bought a bow shop because, hey, they like bows. Right. And they like bow hunting. Doesn't mean they know anything about how to set them up properly. Yeah. But, so it, it is difficult. So you just want you want someone that's willing to help you, and that's willing to walk through the steps with you. If you've got questions, if he's not willing to answer them, yeah, that would be an indication probably to me that Maybe. they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, but if they can explain to you, hey, I'm twisting this cable because of this, or I'm moving this because of that, that's a indication that they're doing well. That they know what they're doing. well, and it's and yeah. it really, I, I think to me. I can always tell a good bow shop, you know, if they recommend you dry firing your bow to settle the limbs. Yes, yes, know. that top number one priority. <laughs> All right, so what do we do? You're gonna dry fire. This. You dry fire. You got to settle those limbs right in. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You get a lot of guys coming in accidentally dry firing a bow. Yes. Oh. Does it make you cry a little? Like one, t- like the just you know the, the Indian. I, with the I love, I love to hear the stories just because they're usually quite comical. <laughs> You know, some of them you feel bad for them because they just honestly made a mistake. Right. And then other people you just want to like slap <laughs> across the face to be like, "What were you thinking?" Like, right. "Hey, so I'm thirty. I'm a thirty rack of bush light in, and uh, I I wanted to show my buddies how to pull back my brand new bow." I uh, was that that has happened multiple times here. I was a couple. That was remember that time I was a few beers deep and we went and shot, and I literally forgot to put the arrow in. Yeah. And I shot, and what happened was the peep sight. So, like, you know, you you're obviously let go. Your string goes forward. And for some reason, the peep sight then flung back. 
and it yeah. hit me right in the face, right in the so, bottom of the lip. And so I'm sitting there, and like I'm like shell shocked because I like I'm sure I put an arrow in there, and it was yeah. loud, and I that I have this weird pain, and I bled everywhere. <laughs> like what just happened? It's just walking out of the huge gash. Like in I'll like never do that again. Peep circle. Yeah. Perfect circle. Perfect peep circle. <laughs> right <laughs> under his lip. Worse than scoping yourself, I would say. Yeah. Oh, the, the best I had is I sold a guy uh, an elite on uh, like a thursday afternoon and the next morning he was back in here and i he, we had set his old bow up for his buddy and yeah. he bought a new new bow and he came in and i right away you, you can tell him they walk in with a tripod bow and the strings hanging everywhere oh and, that's the word <laughs> you know he just kind of laughed and goes man I, I made a mistake last night okay i, I looked at it okay these are the parts we have to get you know and he's like yeah i probably shouldn't shoot my bow and drink i was like yeah it's usually not a great case it's smart it's really I, fun I, until it's not fun right and then i looked at his buddy i'm like hey what do you need on your bow and he goes i did the same thing five minutes later no so they were together that night and they both dry fired their bows within five minutes <laughs> no i can't fix stupid no no you can't. no no, nope. you just kind of got to laugh and just go, wow. But it is a mistake people make. <laughs> I've like, got some yes. brand new Oh, for sure. You know, sometimes you're just not thinking. And, yeah, uh, I mean, the best thing is, too, like, when you go into a bow shop, don't go around every bow and grab it by the string and want to pull back every bow with your bare hands. <laughs> right. That is a good way to walk out of there buying a broken bow. Yeah, it'll jump it off, the, the, the basically the train off the tracks, right? The string yep, off the... Yep. With, when you're pulling back, especially with new bows, when you're pulling back with fingers, you uh, tend to torque the bow more, and the string more than you know, and it rolls the string right off the can. Next thing you know, you're walking out of there with $1,000 for nothing. Yeah, broken. A <laughs> bunch of metal and some, some strings. Yeah, right. very, very embarrassed and have a shop that's trying to keep their cool without <laughs> screaming. Uh, well... Dustin, you know I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're, yeah, we're gonna have sure. we're gonna be doing some other stuff with you going forward with more bow setup stuff. So people listening uh, will have more information from Dustin and, and the team at Long Range. In the meantime, where can people find information about Long Range, about you, and, and you know check you out um, if they're somewhere in, in Michigan? Yeah. So if you're ever in West Michigan, we're at 2530 Van Omen Drive in Holland, Michigan. Right off of 31. If you're listening from somewhere else, you can find us at longrangearchery.com. Yep. Or on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And your bro- Brandon runs the Instagram, right? I think we talked to him quite a bit on Yeah. That. Yeah. So Brandon, well, and uh, starting just recently, uh, Dylan, uh, both of them will be running that jointly <laughs> together. Oh, now that they know Dylan's, I'm going to be uh, Time to start. sending him some pictures and stuff. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, Dylan, uh, Dylan, and Brandon will be running the uh, Facebook and Instagram most of the time. Awesome! Awesome! Well, hey man, we appreciate it. We'll have to do this again real soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. If you like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to, and follow us on Instagram at Boga Hunting. Join us next week as we continue with our bow hunting basics with talking about some basic hunting strategies with a gentleman who just might change the way you hunt. So tune in next week and thanks again for listening.